Welcome to That's So Second Millennium, episode 51. This is our interview with Patricia Belm at the University of Notre Dame. She's an engineer by training. Uh, of course, now she's studying theology and working at the McGrath Institute for Church Life at the University of Notre Dame, doing very different things than the chemical engineering she was educated to do. She talks about a little bit, uh, I believe, in the part of the podcast. We had a very informal conversation, and uh, Bill, of course, uh, wisely, uh, with his journalistic instincts, started taping it. Uh, you will notice at the beginning of the recording that he's sort of shuffling around and making some sort of pet rat noises as he's uh, shifting his microphone around. I apologize for that. There's an earlier section I would have liked to save uh, where that noise just absolutely overwhelms what's going on, so that's very unfortunate. Uh, if you're really sensitive to that sort of thing, you, you may wish to drop this one uh, from the uh, just just go ahead and click listen to and uh, wait for next week. Uh, we've But uh, we've got some good stuff here, so uh, you could also just spool ahead a couple of minutes and... Uh, Take it as it comes. In any case, uh, this was some really interesting stuff, and I'll be back at the end with a few uh, meditations on the difference between Patricia's experience of science and my own. So with that, I'll uh, cut right to the interview. So what do you want me to do in this podcast? Um, Well, I was really intrigued. I mean, you know, so we started talking about the whole, you know, aspect of, you know, trying to be a scientist or an engineer and not coming unmoored from your you know, your moral and, and therefore theological and religious foundation. Um, so that was the, that was the, the hope to, mm-hmm. of, of what to, to try to talk about mm-hmm. that and try to get, you know, 20 minutes or half an hour of thought on those subjects mm-hmm. kind of channeled into this. Cause that's, you know, so the, the focus of the podcast is, you know, it's, it's the boundaries between science and religion and where mm-hmm. they, you know, where they intermesh. Um, and of course, we've talked a lot about you know Stephen Barr type of stuff with the mm-hmm. um, the intellectual. Like, is it can you credibly believe in God mm-hmm. you know, given what we know about science and that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, but this year, you know, we're trying to branch it out a little bit and talk a little bit more about you know, well, among other things, the the fact that science has an end in the moral direction. Yes, and you know, but we have we can use the knowledge that we gain through science in all yeah. sorts of ways. No. Um, yeah. And that, so that's an, another interesting avenue to try to, to talk yeah. about. Uh, for me, it's more experiential. It's not this kind of intellectual approach. Right, right. exactly. And that's better. Background and from church teaching. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, but I'm still, it's much more interesting seeing how it plays out in some yeah. actual situations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It is, you know, it has very um, <clears throat> social ramifications. You know, if you are a scientist and you really believe that everybody created in the mm. image of God, then you have to use your knowledge and employ it in the service of the other. Yeah. When I was down in Mexico, as I said, this water treatment, this was, okay, it was my laundry machine, you know, but used yeah. it. But um, it came to a point, you know, that I, um, it could stand, you know, in the backyard of, of, of anybody, you know, in Guajimalpa. What we did actually in Guajimalpa, I still have, I still have uh, uh, pictures of that. Mm-hmm. Um I developed a sun heat oven mm-hmm. made out of recycling materials so what these people can find everywhere. Yeah. No? Yeah. Um, we did it out of cardboard and we took aluminum foil and uh, at one point we took even, you know, the inside of, uh, we turned these uh, chips bags, you know, inside out. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing we bought basically was a fitting glass window pane mm-hmm. which we put in front of it. Yeah. Anything else was from recycling material. And yeah. for these women, you know, we did it with women. Um, it was amazing. Yeah. No, they could really cook their beans and their rice. Yeah. 
with sun energy. Because one of these bottles were 200 pesos, which, you know, this heating of this LP gas yeah. was too expensive for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did credit card um, how do you say this? Um, it's not consulting. It's mm-hmm. no okay. When we came, I didn't want to have a muchacha. I said, you know, I don't do this. I don't exploit other people. And then, because a the mother came with her fifteen-year-old daughter, fourteen-year-old daughter, and said, praised her, you know, like a cow on the market. I said, you know, you're new here. You need a muchacha. I said, no, I don't want one. And I talked down to my neighbor, and she said, um, take this girl because otherwise, you know, there is nothing to eat in that family. Yeah. Yeah. I said, okay, I take a muchacha. So the next one who came around, you know, um, and I said, okay, do they have health insurance? And then my <laughs> friend said, what? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Yeah. Exactly. I said, you know, she can fall down the ladder, you know, when she's cleaning the windows. I said, who pays, you know, if she breaks her foot and cannot work anymore her whole life? Oh, you just give her 4,000 pesos and send her back home. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps we can find a better solution. Exactly. Yeah. So what we did, first of all, I found out that Mexico had a Seguro Popular. So what? Um, public insurance. Okay. $100 a year. Okay. I paid her that. She enrolled in the Seguro Popular. Uh, had basically basic health insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid her about double what usually people get. She could stay home with her family, what she loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had one, and then I had two, and then I had a gardener, and then I had her father, and then I had her other sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, sometimes we were a household of nine people. But, I was say, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. but it didn't matter. No, I had extra bathrooms, you know, um, they could wash their laundry if they liked. Um, when we had a fiesta, you know, the whole uh, yeah. Bonilla family ran my kitchen, I just stayed out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no? Uh, let them cook their lenge and Exactly, yes. yes, exactly. I let them cook, you know, and the, you know, the week before, you know, the, the, the men of the family, you know, cleaned up my backyard and uh-huh. did the lawn and everything. And at one time, I figured out that Patty had a problem. So I said, Patty, what's the problem? And she said, yeah, you know, um, the credit card people are on her heels. And I said, what do they do? Yeah, you know, they, I said, show me this contract. We figured out that this was a Walmart credit card, mm-hmm. and she had an annual rate of 615% of interest. Yeah. I said, how could you ever yeah. sign this? And she said, I didn't understand. I said, yes, I believe you. So what we did is, um, there were $2,000 on it. So I... Um, I said, well, I said, $2,000. She said, okay, uh, for what? I said, for party. And I explained, I said, okay, uh, we wrote a check of $2,115. We went to this bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, party presented the check. And then I said, and now? And then party in front of everybody, turned around and said, they cheated me. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of things, but now I'm free. And she took her credit card and snapped it in two with the scissors mm-hmm. in front of everybody. Yeah. And I said, we pay this for you and you are free and go and start again. But not with a credit card. I said, if you need money, yeah. I said, come to me. I can give you the money and you pay me back piece by piece. Yeah. No, or you work it off, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, things like this, you know, you have to, if, if, if you are given, yeah. it is to give on. Yeah. 
yeah. be it knowledge, be it understanding, be it financial means, whatever you have. Yeah. Yeah. No? Yeah. It's, it's, so. it's, you, you cannot just keep it for yourself. And this is as well in science. Yeah. Even when it comes to patterns, okay, you need patterns, but if you find something, you must not keep it for yourself. Right. No? Right. And and if you keep it to yourself, then you you diminish it by that very yes. action. It, it's not existent. Yeah, yeah. Huh? It, it grows in the sharing. Yeah. yeah, and this is you know wherever God puts you. You know, okay. At one point, I decided to follow my husband. You know, and leave this PhD behind. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes, you know, to career at Notre Dame, mm-hmm. sometimes I could, but but no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it haunts you. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. But but you know, it's a sacrifice without dying. It's not a sacrifice, right? No, yeah. you die in the academia. Yeah, and you have to yeah. accept this death if it's for that. This is you know, like Jesus going to the cross and saying at one point, "Okay, yeah. I showed you that I'm willing to." Yeah, is this yeah. enough? Is that yeah? Is that, can, no, can we stop right here? Yeah, yeah. no, you can't. Dying no. is part of it. No, it's true. It's you true. know, so you have to accept that. Yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, and you can only die once. You do. You do have to make a choice as to what you're going to. Mm-hmm. If, if, if it's physically dying, there yes. are there are yeah. other things where you can do it many times. Yeah. 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 You die when you have children. Yeah. No. Yeah. You That's die right. to size. Right. No. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I died. <it. laughs> We're just having a discussion coming in here. You die to having good circulation. <laughs> you know, you yeah. Know, pay the pay the debts to uh, to human existence in all yeah. these all these many ways. Yeah. Um, Nothing worthwhile comes yeah, without a price. You, you know, um, but do you remember what's his name? Who lived? Who worked here? No, um, ah, he was handicapped. He lived. He worked here. He was the son of. of uh, at the Center for Social yeah? Insurance. Yes. What's his name? Oh yeah, I want to say Chris. But yes, Chris. 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 Chris was. Um, Chris was. How old was he? 30 might be, 35, yeah, from, no? Yeah. Heart of a man, uh, heavily, severely handicapped, mm-hmm. uh, mentally. About, essentially like a defense football player. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he always came and said, how are you today? Mm. What will you have for dinner? I said, I make spaghetti. But there were sometimes days which were really shit. Yeah. Chris was the only person here where I could really, you know, put my head at his shoulder yeah. and he patted my back and wow. he said, all will be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I said, this man mm-hmm. is the presence of God in this building. Mm-hmm. I said, I cannot come to you and put my head at your shoulder and you get right. exactly. No? With Chris, I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. And he gave me a sticks. hug. He always, you know, gave people hugs. You know, he gave me a really hug, you know, this bear hug. Yeah. And said, yeah. all will be fine. Yeah. 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 This was Chris. And I missed this guy so much. I didn't realize he had passed away. He did? Oh, I didn't do it. No, he moved. Oh, he right. moved. No, no. I'm sorry. He no, went no. away. He, he wouldn't pass away. He went away. He went away. Okay. No, no, he moved to, they moved to Denver. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, his father retired. So his, I think they adopted him. Um, mm-hmm. they, they moved to Denver and they are, he's, he learned skiing. Is that right? Yes. It's good for him. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So, and he will as well be as he is. 
I said, there's nobody more similar to God in this building than Chris is. Beautiful. Right. Yeah. No? We should configure to Chris, you know, not Chris to us. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Important point, you yeah. know. Again, you know, this is where science and faith meets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No? Nowadays, you know, with this crisp stuff, you know, we can might be knock out that gene which made Chris as Chris was. Right. Yeah. And repair it. Yeah. This is yeah. not what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that we have a great responsibility to think yeah. before we yeah. implement. Uh, questions are, you know, if it's, if it's, you know, if it's, um, this is heart failure, you know, which is, uh, born, is this something we are, can repair? Mm-hmm. No, because, you know, if you think the sort further, you end up, you know, do we give vaccinations? Do we, uh, like Jehovah Witnesses, do yeah, we really, yeah. you know, do organ transplant or even blood infusions mm-hmm. because it would interfere with God has created you? It yeah. is a spectrum. Yeah. No? Yeah. yeah. But as Bar said at one point, you know, there are things you don't do. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the question is, where some... is the, where is, and there, and take some actual thinking and taking seriously what, yeah. I mean, cause I mean, so many, you know, my experience certainly, you know, growing up and when I did, you know, going to school around the turn of the century, uh, in, in America, you know, there's just a complete astounding ignorance of, you know, the whole philosophical tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, people in science just haven't done that or we're not required uh, to do that. We're not expected to do that. Too. Culturally, we're not expected to do that. No, me too. Um, I can sign up to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was very fortunate to have, we had this capstone class that mm-hmm. I think was very unusual in my undergrad where we looked at, I mean, we looked at philosophy of science and the history of geology as a discipline, you know, why we believe what we believe and that whole, you know, I mean, Nothing. we didn't even get to it in the interview with Father Ehrman, but, uh-huh. um, you know, thinking about, you know, the, the whole, <laughs> we the, the sort of scientism in common culture, you know, mm-hmm. belief that, you know, science has all the answers and, you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing else that can be discussed under that paradigm. It's a hundred years behind the times. And we've talked about the whole quantum physics and, you know, determinism and not mm-hmm. really working out all that well together. Certainly the requirement to believe that the universe is deterministic is gone. Um, but then there's also philosophy of science where, you know, decades ago people were grappling with you mean Newton wasn't right? And we were dead certain Newton was completely, completely right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so Popper or Kuhn or, you know, all of the people who've done philosophy of science, you know, since the early 20th century has been, you know, just like racking their brains like, can we believe anything? Is anything not eventually going to be overturned? Mm-hmm. And and the common culture is just blithely ignorant. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's not, not, nah, yeah, it's not a substitute for religious faith. In so many ways, it's not a substitute for religious faith at all. It cannot be. Yeah. Because you cannot have faith in science. Faith is blind. Science wants to know. Yeah. And there's a huge difference. It's a completely different approach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If, if I do science, my goal is to understand completely and to control it. Faith wants to understand, but not to control it. As, yeah, as much as, as, as understand as much as we, as we can. Yeah. Because we love it. Yes. Well, because we're going to, like you say, control it. It's like you love your wife. Yeah. You want to understand your wife. Yeah. But in order to serve, 
Yeah. And not to control. As not to, as opposed to manipulate. I do not want to serve science. I'm sorry. Yeah. If I have a process in front of me and I don't know why this thing turns blue, I want to understand why it turns blue. Mm-hmm. And once I know it, it's done. If I can use it at one point, I take it and my beer can turn it red. Yeah. No? Because yeah, I understand it. Yeah. I understand it. I understand what the molecules do. I can might be substitute you know, a chlor yeah. for, for fluorine or whatever. Yeah. And make it blue instead of red. Yeah. I want a rat with blue eyes instead of pink eyes, so I do these things to it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How far can I go? Yeah. And how far can I do that to human beings in yes. particular? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Am I supposed, supposed, you know, to change something what I don't like yeah. in human beings? Yeah. Where does that become an abuse of the other? Who is it is. It, to you. it yeah. is no. There's no where. It is. Yeah. As in my understanding, it yeah. is. Um. As I said again, you know, if I can change, you know, that this next generation will not have any more, you know, um, what is this, um, hemophilia or or yeah. or or. It is how it is. It's there. Mm. No. Even down to to to. Animals, you know. Yeah. Am I supposed to change this animal? Yeah. <sighs> it's, 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 you know, is, am I supposed to change that plant? Yeah. Yeah. Where does, you know, the it's... Further effects of that. Yeah. 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 Well, that's where science goes into conflict with religion most directly. Now, if people are thinking maybe not in scientific terms, but in purely narcissistic and positivistic mm-hmm. and exactly. materialistic terms, they're thinking, well, I define reality, uh, mm-hmm. what, what deserves my comfort and my conven- convenience right. yes. is exactly right. right. Yeah. And so let's see, which of these two fields, science or religion, gives me, you know, agrees with me most? So I choose science. Yeah. So now I have to hate right. religion. Right. And you don't hate it. <laughs> yeah, you don't hate it. Because you, you, you choose to... because it serves you. That's interesting. Yeah. It, yeah. You choose because because you can control it. Yeah. You can control science. Yes. Yeah. If, yeah. if you go into the faith side, you deal with somebody you cannot control. Right. Yeah. No? And I, I'm not sure, you know, even, you know, a, a materialist, in, in some moments, you know, you cannot escape from God. Wherever you go and walk and breathe, God is there. Yeah. As I said in the beginning, you know, even an unbeliever comes, is consequently, you know, in contact with God, with everything he or she does. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. therefore people don't become quiet anymore because it's, it's scary. Yeah. The moment you become yeah. quiet, you yeah. become into contact with this God, which is in the depths of your soul, because every being, even an unbeliever, has a soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so, confronting the same reality. Yes, yeah. Yeah. and that's scary, and therefore you yeah. stay away from it. Yeah, yeah, no? very much so. Yeah, and but at one point, God gets you because God cannot see that you get lost. Yeah, He will not see to it that you know if you decide the very last moment really is that fuck off, you don't, don't need you. Yeah, then that's your decision, and God will be sad. Yeah. Be crying in eternity because you know. Yeah. But he will respect it. He will respect it, or she. Oh, I would never nail down God to a she or a he, no? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, you, you avoid the word it because that conveys less than person rather yes, than more than yes, person. Yes, right. But, well, this is well, this is great, and it's just the beginning of yeah. conversations to be yeah. held. And no, anytime. Yeah, thank anytime, you. Anytime, you know, it's it's, it's fun. You know, uh, we can talk about. As I, you know, people thinking of religion and faith, you know, uh, faith and science, you know, of people in lab coats, but this is much further reaching. You know, this oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think that's one of the goals that Paul yeah. had in yeah. consi- designing this. Consi- yeah. This goes yeah. much further than just, you know, yeah. pure science and it has implications in all your life, whatever you do. Yeah. 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 One faith that God is everywhere, now. wherever you go, whatever you reach, whatever you touch. Right. And that, that science is basically to explore and in the end to direct it, control to have it under you. Yeah. But yeah. this is what I see science as, you know, it is this kind of I understand the process, and I can use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah, will never understand God in order to power, use Him or right. to use God. Right. Yeah. No? yeah, yeah. And there is the constant difference. In. Yeah. yeah, understand God in order, to, in some sense, to find out how God wants to use you. So. <laughs> well said. That's right. That make me an instrument of your peace. Yeah, we're His instruments, not vice versa. Yes, precisely. Yeah, precisely. A few words at the end. Patricia and David Daniel Hinshaw uh, had a lot in common, I thought, in the sense that what they do and what they think of as science is so application-driven. Obviously, medicine is very application-driven, and so is chemical engineering. And it's fascinating to me, uh, coming from my own background, thinking about the science that I do, to listen to Patricia assert so, so forcefully that science is about control. And I was, you know, sitting there in the chair at the time thinking, that's not what science is about. That's, that's really not what science is about. Wow, that's, wow, she really, really thinks that's what science is about. And I mean, it makes a difference, you know, so what do, what do I study? You know, uh, you know, what did I, my, my background, uh, the first research that I did was really about the Earth's deep interior, sort of hard to use that for anything. Moved on to, you know, dealing with nuclear waste and, you know, you know, that, that, that is, that is application driven and, you know, I suppose you could define it as control driven, but of course, really we're dealing with the un, undesirable consequences of things that uh, people did a long time ago. And then I moved on to planetary science eventually. And that's very, uh, um, Elon Musk may be making some money on selling the idea of going to Mars. Uh, but most of us in the field are really not. Uh, we want to know because we want to know. And people like, you know, Stephen Barr, Karen Oberg, or, you know, uh, astronomers and geologists, you know, and, and many other scientists, many ecologists like, uh, Father Terry, uh, we, we're studying because we want to know. And we really don't have an application in mind. Now, there's, you know, everyone in every field can succumb to the general human temptation to be arrogant. <laughs> the, the temptation to be arrogant, the, to be a big shot, and to be, uh, you know, parading my intelligence around and, uh, you know, becoming chair of the department and uh, exerting control and all that sort of thing. Of course, those aren't specific to science at all. So it's a very different, different perspective, different perspective. Um, and, you know, of course, that, that begs the question, uh, to what degree is Patricia's view of it really the widespread view? Probably, honestly, a very widespread view. And probably 
more so, at least just if you track the amount of money that we spend on basic research versus things that are application-driven, and uh, anyone who's familiar with science has um, some familiarity with the fact that the National Science Foundation and the other funding bodies over the last several decades have funded less and less wanting to know just because we want to know, and more and more stuff that would pay. It's an age-old story, but that's definitely the tr the trend that we've been on for my lifetime, the last 40 years, probably 50 years, um, since the 1960s, probably is, is a good benchmark for that. So, so yeah, with that meditation, we'll close this out, and... Uh, as I've said, you uh, you may notice that actually I'm sure I'll have queued up some bonus episodes by now. But uh, we we pulled out I have pulled out four more uh, excerpts of varying lengths to make bonus episodes from this because we had this <laughs> fascinating wide ranging conversation. Uh, so hopefully you've been enjoying those. We'll continue to enjoy those. Next week we will talk to some of Patricia's cohorts at the uh, McGrath Institute for Church Life. We'll talk to Chris Baglow and Jay Martin and talk about that outreach uh, that Patricia has mentioned, uh, or will mention in one of the bonus episodes about the um, science and religion initiative for uh, high school teachers. This has been another episode of That's So Second Millennium with me, Paul Geesting, geologist and intellectual pilgrim, and my co-host, the journalist and consultant, Bill Schmidt. Be sure to check us out at tssm.podbean.com. We hope you subscribe and leave us a review via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. As always, thanks for listening.